How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Hi there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, it's my man, B. Litz, yep, being little. That's right, right here. We play some great songs, and we speak to some amazing figures in the sporting world. And our special guest this week, okay, she's one of the most experienced and well-regarded voices for netball in Australia, and probably around the world. As a player, <laughs> our guest was a dual Commonwealth Bank Trophy Premiership winner with the Sydney Swifts. And in her post-playing career, quickly rose to become one of the most respected coaches in her field. In 2017, she was appointed as head coach of the New South Wales Swifts. And two years later, in 2019, led the Swifts to their inaugural Suncorp Super Netball Championship. Tonight, my guest on the Spirit of Sport is New South Wales Swifts head coach, Bryony Akel. Bryony, welcome to the show. Yes. Hello, guys. What a nice introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, I put a lot of work into that, Viney. Yeah. Um, it had nothing I can to... tell. That was, that was some research right there. Yeah, it had nothing to do with producer Tom preparing that for me and having it on the desk. But <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Um, how are you? Long time no speak. Very good. I'm up. I'm, I'm on the last day of quarantine up in Brisbane, so... The Queensland borders opened today to South Australia, and I have come from South Australia, so I'm free, um, which is amazing. You got thrown around a lot lately, so you went to you were in Melbourne, is that right? You guys were in Victoria. Yeah, so we started in Sydney in June. Yep. yep. Um, and got told we were moving to the Sunshine Coast or mm-hmm. to, to the Gold Coast. Lasted about a week there. Then we went to Melbourne. From Melbourne, we've gone to Adelaide. From Adelaide, back to Brisbane. So in about oh seven goodness. weeks, we've had about six moves oh. to keep our competition alive. Wow. And, and how's quarantine? Is it um, driving you crazy? <laughs> yeah. It, I, I've had it okay up here because I've been obviously allowed to go to training and games. But other than that, um, very strict. I've had a visit from the police to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. So, yeah, I think during the middle of the season it's okay because you're obviously preparing for matches and things like that. But I'm absolutely ready to, to get out of here. Now, have you done anything that's worked for you personally daily to get you through this, this COVID lockdown season? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, it's good to have some type of routine. I've obviously tried to do some exercise while I've been in, in here. And, um, yeah, just, just having a planned sort of day rather than getting up saying, feeling sorry for myself or probably just looking at the good side of all of this that I'm healthy and that, you know, the Swifts are still getting to compete in the best league in the world. So yeah. looking at the positives and having some gratitude every day definitely helps. Oh, nice. So like exercise, we're talking burpees. What are we talking running on the spot? What do we, what do we got here? Star jumps? No, I did a Pilates, a bit of yoga. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So I'm useless at it, but it's fun. Yeah. And you talk about like a bit of positive thinking and your mentality each day. Are you doing anything... Um, in, in particular there? Like, do you do, uh, is there a routine you do or a journaling oh, or anything like that? 
Yeah, we, we at the Swiss, we actually uh, practice gratitude every day in terms of when we turn up, it's one of the first things that we do is tell us um, tell each other what we're grateful for. And it's probably cool. given me a good insight into how people are coping in these crazy times of COVID. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just, just being grateful for the things that we can control and the things that um, we can get up and still do what we love. And a lot of people can't do that right now. So, yeah. You're the best. Uh, by, by the way, Benny, for those that don't know... <laughs> Bryony and I go back from the Parramatta Eels days. Oh, so Bryony, what we is do. it? Community officer was it? Is that what was your role? Community relations. Community Benny. relations. Sorry, yes, community relations. Yeah. And Benny, I reckon I would have spent uh, what? How many hours a week would I've been in your office just chewing the, <laughs> chewing the fat? Just no, talking about relations. No, always out training. Oh, always out training. But I, um, <laughs> she was uh, she was that community relations slash uh, shrink. Oh, okay. So come, that, was, that, was, that was actually before I met Steph, so I'd come in there and talk oh, about right. my, yeah, my love life and, yeah. and you know. Yeah. She encouraged me to, to take the stab and take uh, ask Steph out. and Yeah. It was quite a while and, between drinks there, wasn't it? Mm. Brian, any insight, into why that, <laughs> any insight into why that was? For the manifest, <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was a late bloomer. Oh, I think he had too many, he had too many interests. You know who to pick. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, we'll go with that. Lying we'll psychologist, <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> the best we're kind. Off, we're off to a good start. <laughs> now, Bryony, let's get first of all congratulations. So you're through to the finals yet again. Um, how's the squad feeling before this weekend? Yeah, so we are in the major semi-final and we're playing the GWS Giants, yes. um, which is obviously our crosstown rival. Um, and Julie, the coach of the Giants, was also my coach. So really? There's lots of, yeah. Oh, so producer lots of Tom history. did not put that in my notes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And the, the Giants actually beat us in the last round game. Um, so there's lots of fire between the two teams, and I think it's going to be a great game. Is New South Wales traditionally a stronger, like stronger than other parts, parts of the country in netball? Yeah, so we've got two, obviously we've got two teams in New South Wales. Some other states have only got one. Yeah. Um, and because we've got such a great grassroots level with thousands of girls that play the sport, we've obviously got, you know, great athletes to pick from. And that definitely has shown that, you know, New South Wales is in that one and two position. The Giants came in minor premiers and we came in second. And GWS, are they, like, what's what's kind of style of play do they do? Are they aggressive are they like, what they're makes... tough they're they're tough, tough? um yep. yeah so lots of lots of argy bargy out there but all in all in uh you know the rules of the game but yeah it's gonna be a very physical game and obviously a game that both teams don't want to lose so um yeah it'll, it'll be a great game do you have much to do uh with the juniors and how do you um how do you help transition them into that prof- those professional careers yeah, we, we have obviously got, uh, we've got a great state program that, yeah. and a, a great pathway that sort of girls can have um, representation from when they're 12 onwards. So oh, wow. we sort of obviously watch those junior athletes come through and, um, yeah, and watching them in the, in the league below us, which I've coached at before. So just knowing, you know, the pathway they've come from and they, they play a Premier League competition in New South Wales. So we get to see them week in and week out and, and make that progression to Suncorp Super Netball. What was your What was your sport growing up? No, well, that's that's what. No, uh, uh, wait, 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 Bryony, I want you to take yeah. us back. Take us in the time machine. <laughs> now I know. Look, a lot of the times when you were at Parramatta, we had to hear about your uh, blossoming netball career. Can you Can you uh, Can you give our listeners a, a bit of a, Take us back to when you first started in the sport, and I guess you know your your earliest memories and how you got you know into the professional netball world. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, funny story though. I'll just tell you quickly that I got into netball because my mum actually tricked me. I wasn't interested in playing any sport. My brothers played sport, but I was a bit shy. Yeah. And one day my mum told me we were going shopping and actually just turned up at the Castle <laughs> Netball Court to trial for a local a lo- a Saturday team. So that's how I started. And then I just loved it. I fell in love with it. And I played basketball and netball at the same time and then cool. um, made the choice to stick to netball. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, just I didn't played play basketball. Junior, yeah. Junior. yeah, I played basketball. I loved that. That was good fun as well. Um, actually played with Bonnie Highmarsh, Nathan Highmarsh. Oh, wife. really? So that was just fun. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, we go back a, a long way together in basketball. Yep. And then, yeah, just played for New South Wales through the junior ranks and then um, played for the Swifts and then transitioned into coaching, which I love. Sweet. Where did you, um, where did, where did you grow up for all that? In the Hills District. Oh, cool. Yeah. She's still out that way. Yeah. She keeps it real. She's still a Westie. Yeah. She's half Lebanese I'm as well. Still a we- and I'm proud of it. Still, a- well, you moved out of there, Tim. What, what was the go with that? No, I'm still, I'm still in the West. I'm, I'm in Oaklands now, so I'm a bit bit more um, in touch with my ethnic side. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried I, tr- I tried Glenhaven. And, um, He's got to be close to the restaurant. I was too, too far from uh, my circle of influence, so I, I moved back a bit closer. <laughs> um, but you, you, speaking of ethnic, you, you are technically half Lebanese, aren't you? Well, yeah. My, well, we'll my kids it. tease me that they, they're half Leb, but my husband's obviously Lebanese staff. So, okay. yeah, I, I get you with the food part. My, he, I keep ringing him every day and he's, you know, he's got this fantastic food going every night and I'm like, oh, God. Does he cook or is he at his mum's house? <laughs> he does cook. He's a much better cook than me. Oh, the wow. Swiss often ask to go to our house, but they say, fine, <laughs> cooking, they're not coming. If Sark's cooking, they'll definitely go. So, yeah, I he cooks with love and I just, cook just to get something on a plate so yeah big difference um timmy was probably about to tell you this but i'm also a hills um veteran i played a bit of basketball growing uh, up hills uh, hawks uh, ah. yeah not the hawks the hornets the hornets actually. sorry yeah. hills hornets Hill Hornet. yeah superstar yeah. i think there's a statue of him outside the, the basketball court yeah so yeah just like like very good and, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't don't look too long for you because you, <laughs> you might not find it uh, <laughs> um Tell me about your time in rugby league as a community relations. Did you learn much from that experience in, I guess, being involved with a professional sporting team that assisted your coaching yeah. at all or, or what not to yeah, do? Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was always great sort of being around the, you guys being professional and knowing that netball was sort of on its way there and being exposed to all the different coaches that, that, that were at Parramatta. And I think probably the best thing for me coming out of that was you know, working in community relations and sort of, you know, the team going to the hospital and giving back to the community and realising, you know, what influence, you know, professional sports people have on, on young people and what you can do with that yeah. in a good way. So that's a part of the job that I absolutely loved. I, I love the fact that you got to, you know, um, go and take you guys into the hostels or schools and see that, you know, you could make such a difference with your influence as well. And, and are your girls doing much of that um, these days? Oh, obviously, yeah, we do. COVID, obviously, before yeah. COVID, um, yeah, we, we're at the moment trying to jump on some zooms to some local netball associations. Who's, you know, obviously their comps have stopped, and you know, all these girls that have been training since January for a state competition can't go ahead. So, we've been ringing the the teams just to sort of say, you know, um, it's not all bad, and take the good from it, and yeah, just reconnecting with those younger our younger fans and members, which has been great. Uh, in regard to your coaching, is there a particular school of thought you subscribe to or a certain type of 
uh, coaching or co- coach that you've followed over the years that you try to, you know, emulate? And Yeah, I think um, you, you quickly sort of find your style along the way. And I think yeah. my first year I learned a lot of lessons in terms of, you know, how to deal with the players and obviously learning from my past coaches around what I, how I'd like to be treated. So, yeah. yeah, I think the biggest thing is that you've got to have buy-in from the players and that, as a coach, you can't just point your finger and say, this is how it's going to be. It doesn't work. I yeah. think you've got to be collaborative and, you know, let the players have a say in the structures of how they play because obviously they're the ones that are going out there and doing it. And at the Swifts, we've got, you know, certainly a great, a, a really talented, smart group of players that want that buy-in as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just think being collaborative and knowing that, you can't be serious all the time because at the end of the day, you're out there, you know, seven days a week grinding it out. So, yeah, just having that nice balance, but encouraging them to have something other than netball in their life, and most of them do. They're, oh, nice. um, yeah, we've got a couple of speech therapists and occupational therapists and musicians. And, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's a really cool group to be a part of. Um, in regard to you facilitating collaboration and buy-in, what are some practical yeah. things that you do with with the um, with the athletes to, to get that? Yeah, good question. I think we spend, um, we spent a lot of time in the past actually working on just having tough conversations or conversations that you'd normally shy away from, giving people feedback and how to take feedback and yeah. that basically, you know, the feedback coming from love and not fear that, you know, it's probably harder for the person giving the feedback than you receiving it. So we've done a lot of work off court on that and, yeah. you know, that makes it easier to have, couple conversations on the court under pressure and we know that under pressure sometimes decision making goes astray and um yeah we've spent a lot of time just working through that and what leadership looks like out on the court and that you know I've got 10 players that are leaders obviously not just the ones with the captain against their name so yeah I think setting up expectations from a coaching point of view at the beginning of the season and then um yeah just gaining that respect from following through what you said you would do. Yeah, Brian, how do you get, let's say, a lot of the conversations I've had with netball players in the past, they speak about some of the difficulties it is with having some of the players not able to rely on the income for, as a full-time job. How do you go yeah. balancing, you know, I guess, the professionalism and what's required to be a professional athlete and needing that time to put in, but also needing the girls to have a life where they can raise an income and, and support themselves? Yeah, it's a great question. I think for netball has come a long way, but obviously it's, um, we've got a scale, obviously, in our salaries and some of the girls still have to work. So um, we, we agree on the hours of training that they can do. So basically, we, we get into work at about 7 in the morning and they go home at about 1. So they've still got some time to work in the afternoon. And those that sort of work in, you know, hospitals and stuff like that can work around and get shifts. And we're, we're just mindful of the fact that, you know, they can't be at work like a normal workplace from nine to five. So just being flexible around study and their timetables and balancing that. Um, and I think they're just grateful that they get to play a sport where it's not comparable to football in salaries, but it's certainly, you know, pretty good for women's sport. And I think they're grateful just to be in a sport that they can, you know, you know, half the team can at least just concentrate on netball. Um, yeah, and those yeah. junior players just balance life between um, work and, and training. Actually, you just remind me of a story. Um, so, oh. Benny, yes. traditionally, right, rugby league players haven't always been on the money they are now, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. They, what they would do is they'd fundraise. <laughs> so that throughout the year, they'd, I don't know, they'd, they'd hire, 
like host a, a night or right. do a team photo with fans. I can't believe you're telling your story. <laughs> 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 I know. We're well, well, looking back in hindsight now, I see how embarrassing it is, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, so teams right, would always fundraise for their trip away at the end of the year. So um, that, that would do a, hey, have a team photo with us. You can jump in and pay 10 bucks a pop and they'll do, you know, maybe 300 fans and there's three grand or whatever it was. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Bryony couldn't believe the nerve of us to want to continue the tradition. And we didn't at the time, as players, think it was a big deal. We're like, yeah, it, it, it's just tradition. Everyone does it. I think we had a fight about this. Oh, yeah, we, 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 got, we had pretty strong views towards it. So, okay. Yeah. In the end, look like now, obviously, as a more mature adult, I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can look back and see how ridiculous it is. Self-proclaimed. For, and not me, but players that would have been on about half a million dollars are asking for fans to pay for their end-of-season holiday. Like, it's just... <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God, I can't believe you're saying that you were wrong. This is amazing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm man enough now to put my hand up and, and admit where I was wrong. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, we had some very strong views about it. Uh, you're Brian, just taking you know? responsibility for that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kidding? I'm not giving you money to go and party with. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Now as a retired player, I wouldn't mind someone giving me some money to go party. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, take me to 2019. Speaking of partying, how how was that experience? So, it was. Um, is it your third year, 2019? It was actually my second year. Second year. Oh yeah. no, we got it wrong in the intro. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> that's Tommy. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, and you're so gracious so, not no, to say anything. Was... Anyway, yeah, no, so second year. Okay. Second year, we had come sixth and just missed the finals in my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just sort of, it sounds so simple, but we sort of made a decision at the beginning of the year to say, well, if, why can't it be us this year? Yeah. And yeah. that's sort of the mantra that we went through with all year. Um, we had lots of adversity. We lost our captain to an ACL, um, Maddie Proud, and we lost another player to a, another a knee, a ankle injury. We had to recruit from New Zealand. So we had everything that could possibly go wrong in this season went wrong. Mm. Um, but, yeah, in the end, it was amazing. We were the underdogs and hadn't beaten the team that we eventually did win beat in the grand final. So it was the grand final we beat them in and we beat them by 17. And oh, wow. We just had a really, yeah, we just made a decision that we we're going next level and that we're going to make all these sacrifices worth it. So, yeah, it was it was a highlight. It was absolutely awesome. And, yeah, I don't know how teams back at year after year. It's pretty special yeah. to do that. So, yeah, just learning how to recapture that same vibe going into these finals. But, yeah, it was a very special year. Did you um, ever win a, a comp as a player? I did, actually. I oh, I won you. two. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. oh that I wasn't in the intro either. I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got to rewrite this intro and do it again. Back to back. <laughs> I, 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 I think what's special to me is the fact that yeah, I was a player and that I knew what it felt like yeah. to win. So to be able to help them do that as well was really special. And what was the difference? So obviously you've done it now as a player and a coach. Well, a player twice now and probably as a coach a dozen times by the time you finish. But what's the difference like winning one as a, as a player and as a coach? As a coach, you're just so happy for your players. You just you, It's just that relief to think all, all those you know sacrifices and the hours that you train and you don't get many opportunities, obviously, to play in a grand final. So after I remember the, the whistle going on that 60th minute and I thought, oh, thank goodness that's over. It was just relief and thinking that these players have achieved, you know, something they'll look, they probably wouldn't appreciate as much at the time, but when they look back and go, wow, we, we did it. Mm. So, yeah, just seeing the joy in them winning it and 
um, yeah, just realising how hard it is to win one. Um, and obviously last year we didn't do as well. So, yeah, it made it extra special to know that we've got one under the belt and that we want more more of it. Is there any standout qualities that um, you've found experiencing those those championships as a player and now as a coach that have that have stood out to you? Yeah, I, I think you you know the script always doesn't go to plan. Mm. So I think you've just got to have that agile thinking that you've always got solutions for problems that come come you know through and as a player you don't see it like that you've got obviously coaches and physios and all that sort of thing to deal with problems but um yeah just knowing that whatever comes your way you've got to find a a way to get through it and you know we obviously had two major injuries and any other team would probably go oh that's it for us but we just sort of went the other way um and put everything in it to win it for the the couple of players that couldn't play so yeah just have agile thinking and Yeah, just to be flexible. That's so cool. And and I, I've got no doubt, as a coaching, you're probably one of the styles you would have is like being like a second mum to a lot of these guys. How do you find dealing with girls that are going through a tough time outside the sporting world? Yeah, it's another good question. I think managing personalities and knowing that people deal with different things in different ways. And um, we've got three international players that obviously are away from their family a lot of the year. Um, which is hard. Um, and we're sort of, my husband and I, it's more Sark, actually, I told you I can't cook, but he'll say <laughs> it's time for a family dinner. Yep. Um, and he'll cook up a storm for them and we'll have them over for dinner. And they really appreciate that because they don't have, you know, obviously they go home just to, you know, their teammates and they don't have that sense of family here. So we've just tried to recreate that at the Swiss in a different way. And yeah, I think I think they, they love that. They love my boys. I've had two of them, I had two of them with me until about two weeks ago um, here in uh, in our hub. So oh, that really? was fun. Uh, yeah, so I had one of my twins and my youngest with me so for um, for about five weeks. How, how um, are the boys going? I've got no idea. They're obviously going to be superstars as well. But what? Um, how are they travelling? Yeah, the boys are great. They're um, well, they're not great at the moment. I think they're totally like over homeschooling, like everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just missing playing sport and hanging out with their mates. But yeah, they're good. Sebastian, my oldest, is fifteen now, which is crazy. 15. And yeah, he, yeah. So yeah, he loves sport. They all love sport. Which what's, is great. what's he playing? So, what's, what sports are you focusing on? Uh, well, he's a swimmer actually, which is oh, wow. a bit of a bummer getting up at four thirty in the morning. But <laughs> and. And cricket, so there is two. And then my other boys play rugby and um, soccer and basketball, everything, actually. <laughs> a, a half Lebanese swimmer. There's uh, You won't see many of them, Benny. No. We, um, we don't... We, we That's don't... what I said. the Olympics and represent Lebanon, right? Yeah. yeah. You'll make the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tryouts, there's <laughs> like three people go to the tryouts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now listen, Bryony, we, we've we've um, landed in the premium part of the show. Oh, this is what all the fans come for. It's called uh, sixty second blitz with blitz. Now I'm just going to fire yep. um, questions at you for sixty seconds, and you've just got to answer yep. the first thing that comes comes to your mind. Are, are you game? Okay. All right, let's Righto. go. They're pretty probing. They're pretty deep. So so get ready. <laughs> okay, uh, here we go. Now, favorite food. Anything my mother-in-law cooks. Oh, beautiful. Now, listen, um, would you be someone who has a life of chaos or order? Chaos. Okay. Best investment you've ever made? Oh, having kids. Oh, okay. Worst investment? 
having kids. Having kids. All right. All right. It's not your time, Timmy. You can't answer for the guest. I'll say it. I've been preparing this for four days. All right. What's the worst date you've ever been on? Worst date? Yeah. You don't have to say the name, but you can give us a lot of detail. Oh, God. Worst date. Um, oh, I can't because I'll get myself into trouble. Oh, People know yeah, who it is. Mate, she's married with four kids. Move on. Yeah, okay, Next now, question. I, I, can't, I can't do that one. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, you can tell us later off air. Uh, <laughs> we just might record it. Who Who would you like to uh, meet if you could meet anyone in the world? Oh, my God. I'm a massive Oprah Winfrey fan. Is that sad? No, but I love Oprah. Oprah. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'll organise this. Yeah. Soon. No worries. Um, <laughs> now, listen, um, like, let's just go transparent for a moment. Uh, like, do you have a weird habit you could just let us know about? A weird habit? Yeah. Oh, so I could probably answer this. Yeah. He, oh, oh so he think, well, so I don't know if it's a habit. Like yeah, I don't put lids on things properly. Is that a bad? That's a bad habit. That's yeah. terrible. Well, I actually don't like that. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't like that. It's happened before in my household with my wife. <laughs> just, now, there's been a couple of times of grappling on the fridge and the whole thing dropped because it wasn't on properly. Yeah, no, Brian, I, I, I don't know what you mean by that. That's terrible. Like, what I just, Oh, that's me. That's me. Now, it's what do you mean? You don't hard. screw it the whole way, or what, like, what are we? Oh, like if you're pushing it on, yeah, you, know, you push the lids on. Yeah. Sometimes I won't. Yeah. Get, like, you won't do all four corners. You, you know, they're gonna, oh. they just push it on. Oh, it's, or it's is on. it the toothpaste? I won't put the toothpaste lid exactly oh, you're on. Those guys. But, oh. Yeah, I'm annoying. See, I'm, I annoy myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming out. I like it. Um, uh, what do you wish you knew when you were younger? Go. Oh wow, Go. that's cool. Uh-huh. Just go. Don't, um, don't, don't take everything so seriously because everyone gets over stuff. Oh, I like it. Wow, that's wise. And um, something your kids have done that surprised you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to say that Sebastian's a swimmer. Like, yeah. no one in our family's a swimmer, yeah, and he's yeah, good right. at it. Yeah, nice. Right. And uh, last question, what did you get in trouble for most as a kid? Well, I recently caught up with my old English teacher for high school, and she basically reminded me that she still tells people that I was a pest because I used to talk too much. No, not you. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, yeah, I tell my class now that you were the pest. Oh, like, oh <laughs> that's not for that. good. Uh, well, I think, mm. Benny, I think you had one more question. It, it was, no, that... who was your favourite player at Parry and why was it Tim? Yeah. Tim. What about Be- Benny Smith? That to be, he's everyone's favourite. I, um, by the way, yeah, Bryony... And you were the nice guys. Yeah, well... Even though you wanted to, me to buy tickets for your, you know... Well, we, we, ended up, we ended up doing that trip, actually. So, but Benny Smith, myself, and uh, Eric Grove, I think that was... And um, Shane Shackleton, we did a trip. And unfortunately, Benny, we had to pay for it. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, wow. Can you believe we paid for our own holiday? Yeah. It was, um, so you actually went to the end? We went. Yeah, we went. It was a very uh, memorable trip. I uh, had a great time. Benny Smith. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, we'll talk about it off air one day. Oh, tell us. <laughs> um, now, Bryony, we, you made it through the Blitz with the Blitz. Um, yeah. What's, what's the next like couple of years look like for you? Is there, obviously, you want to win the comp this year, but... Outside of mm-hmm. coaching, what is there anything that you want to do with your life that you see significant? Whoa. I probably just want to spend more time with my family. Isn't that funny? Um, oh, that's mm. probably, you know, it's been, I've been in the hub for two years in a row now and missed quite a bit. Um, so maybe just getting the balance right between trying to be a professional coach and family, which I don't know if I'll ever get right, but 
Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, it's a constant struggle, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a hard question. Yeah. Do you think, um, like, obviously we watched the Olympics, Emma got right into it. Do you think uh, netball will be included in the Brisbane Olympics in 2032? Well, interesting. Netball Australia just put out a press release yesterday to say that their intention is to go um, for inclusion in those Olympics. So oh, wow. hopefully, fingers crossed, that would be amazing. 2032, that would be, you'd only be about... 38 by then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus a lot more. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't understand how you can have Benny. they got sports like skateboarding, three and three basketball. Yeah. How is netball not in there? they got three on three basketball, and I love basketball, but yeah. I don't understand why there's basketball and three on three. Yeah, and badminton. I mean, break seriously. Dancing. Break dancing is an Olympic no, sport. No, it's not. It is an Olympic sport. It's called judo. No, break it dancing. It is. Break oh, dancing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it'd be so cool, though. <laughs> We you, you were there with Simon Rada was there at Parramatta, were you, Bryony? Yeah, yeah. How cool is it? He, he won a gold medal. Like, and even from his youngest days, that was always one of his biggest goals to win a gold medal. And it was so exciting to see him actually and do it. And he's done it. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. How cool the Olympics. You know, I'm looking forward to the Paralympics, actually. What, what was your highlight? Great. What was your highlight of the Olympics? Oh, um, probably the Boomers. I love I love watching them get their medal. Oh. Yeah, that was pretty special. 65 years in the making. And then Andrew Gaze's interview after that, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed Bogut's commentary. Yeah, he did yeah. really well. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's a gun. Yeah. Um, Bryony, what, would yeah. you, what kind of advice would you give to the next generation coming through? Um, if they were like aspiring netball athletes? Um, yeah. What, what, if they sat with you and said, Mrs. Akel, what do you think I need to do to make it? I My best piece of advice would be not to rush everything. I think it's really easy to get caught up in, you know, if you don't get a lot of minutes straight away when you're a junior, you sort of panic and go into, you know, I'm not going to make it and all these sort of things. So I think biding time and, and sometimes sitting on a bench is a good thing because you learn a lot yeah. um, and and just play, be in the moment and, um, you know, play each game as it comes and train as hard as you can and, Everyone's opportunity comes eventually. So, yeah, just being patient, I think, as an athlete would be would be my thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I spent the first two years of my career on the bench, and you're right, you learn so much just from seeing there and watching those senior guys out there and being able to inject yourself in slightly and when the heat's out of the battle. So I think there's so much merit. A lot of kids these days want everything now. They want to be in the starting team yeah. now. They want to be playing Origin now. They want to win a comp now. And they don't realise that, yeah. you know, you've got to kind of... And you, and you don't time. like sitting on the bench. But I think it's how you look at it. And that's when I get the swift that I've tried to sort of say that, you know, every minute you play is, you know, if we get to a grand final, everyone's contributed. it. And I yeah. think in sport, we put an emphasis on who's starting. And if you don't start, you're not as worthy as someone who does start and all that sort of thing. So I've just tried to change their mindset around, you know, you are enough and you contribute when you're out there and um, everyone's part of the team. Yeah, I think it's just the ego side of athletes. You know, we, we're, we're trained as athletes to... It's weird. Like yeah. I didn't realize I retired how selfish I was. But you're so used to, um, as an athlete, preparing the best for yourself. So I need to get enough sleep. I need to eat the right foods. I need to um, get enough recovery. I need to, like it's everything's about you. Um, yeah, but that makes that's what makes you good though, right? So it's twofold in but, that. Yeah, but so. that ego is the same thing that can kind of really affect the way. Like example, like not wanting to sit on the bench because I want to be the guy scoring the points. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's such a good lesson you're teaching your team at, a, at an early stage in their career that. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're sitting on the bench or starting or whether you're playing five minutes or, or the whole game. Um, he's all yeah. playing your part. And it helps when you're winning game, comps because that um, 
it definitely brings people together. I think it like success breeds success as well. So um, it's a lot easier to when you got the proof in the pudding and everyone can experience it and go, oh yeah, well we all played a part there. Um, yeah, and I think it's you know the story that you tell yourself. It's the story that you know the what, what coaches empower you with and make you feel worthy of you know if it's only five minutes, well make those five minutes count and. You know, it's really hard. I probably the hardest thing as a coach is balancing that, and you know, everyone wants to be out there. They want to be playing as many minutes as they can, but you know, there's only seven positions in netball, and um, yeah, you all can't be out there. But when you do, taking those chances and um, giving it everything you've got. Brian, with so many um, spinning plates in the season you're in, you know, with um, the coaching, the team, your kid, your marriage, all that. Um, is there anything you do as part of your routine just to? keep growing in, in your capacity and managing it all? Yeah, I, I think um, it's a good question. I think for me, trying not putting as much pressure on myself to, um, like I said before, about getting the balance right. But, um, yeah, just making quality time when I'm with my family. I'm with my family. When I'm at work, I'm at work. But I also like watching other sports, which is crazy, to just to learn from other coaches. And I love all the things on Netflix around um, you know, there's just so much out there you can learn from at the thing at your fingertips now. So, yeah, just just keep on learning and um, in, in in every way, not yeah. just in sport, but you know, getting my hands on documentaries and stuff. I love all of that, and yeah. I love learning. I love listening to people, and you know, so yeah, just gaining different experiences in different areas of life. I think is really important. Would I be right in saying you've done some work with Trent Robertson in the past? The yeah, coach? I have actually. I yeah. Think, yeah, he um. I just think he he's a great human. I think, you know, you walk into that Roosters building and everyone greets the receptionist like they would greet Trent and it's just all that respect and you can really tell that from their juniors to their senior players. So, yeah, he, he came and did a session with our girls um, and took them, I think he took them for two sessions actually. And he even rang me that night saying, I learn a lot just from, you know, coaching a different sport and they're great athletes and having that, just a different, fresh, you know, still pushing the high-performance behaviours from a different sport. So, yeah, I often ring him and sort of say, gosh, what would you do here? And, yeah, he's always got some good advice. Good to have different mentors outside the sport, that's for sure. Yeah. I know I brought this up earlier in the piece about the, the pay thing. Is there any way that the, the game's going to get to a stage where girls can rely on the sport to be their full-time income and, and for it to be at that level where it should probably deserves to be at? Yeah, I... Tough question. I think the good thing for us, you know, we are on um, Channel 9, which is great. Other sports don't have that. I think it's definitely, yeah. it's reaching different audiences that probably would never watch netball before. Um, but just keep pushing the boundaries. I think for us as a sport, we need to be better in just saying how good our sport is and, and being a bit out there and confident about it. And, you know, I think it's great that, you know, young girls now have, you know, every type of sport they can play. But I, I definitely think netball does it well and they've been doing it for a long time. And netball probably just needs to keep championing that to yeah. um, get it out in the media and to keep it up as a high-profile sport. Would it, would it be right in saying it's one of the most participated sports for girls in the country? Yeah, it's, it's actually number one yeah. for girls. Sport. So, where, so do, where does that funnel uh, then? If there's so many at a young age, why does that not convert to like being such a premier? Like, why isn't that not as big as for like, obviously not the NRL, but why isn't it at that level yet? What's stopping it from being that big? Uh, I, I think all right, there's a lot of stuff that I'd probably get in trouble for saying. Like okay, this, but yeah. um, <laughs> right. I, I think people, I think people need to take a chance, right? Yeah. And, um, 
we're a really clean sport. We don't get in the media for the wrong reasons and get lots of, you know, that sort of attention. That's, I that, think. that's what you're doing wrong. That's what you're doing wrong. You get it. Yeah, but it's true. I think we can do a things and, you know, some sports get on there for all the wrong reasons. And, uh, but, but, you know, that's where netball has to um, get the good stories out there, don't they? That they're a great sport. They're great. These girls are great role models. And um, I think it gets hard for teenage girls that sort of stop playing sport and, um, yeah, I think it's a tricky one just in terms of sponsorship and TV deals, but you've got to have the audience to watch it. So netballers have got to get behind their own sport and, you know, get those numbers up on TV to get the commercial side of it going. Speaking of commercial side, when are you, when are you going to write a book? I reckon there's a story there for everyone to, to read from start to finish. A beginning. book? I'd be yeah. useless at writing a book. I would, I would love to hear your... your well, we, I, listeners have heard a bit of it now, but... Um, you could just talk it out. Someone else could write it. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. One day, we when had, I don't we, have four kids homeschooling and stuff. We had, we had Mark Carroll on the show last week, and he's got a book out. And um, yeah, it's it's one that. Does he have sure. a book coming out? <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't hear it six times in the interview, there's definitely a book coming out. And the seven eight uh, post. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to reading it, Benny. It's yeah, going to be a good read. Um, <laughs> uh, Bryony, I just want to thank you so much for making the time for us. Um, I know you've got so much going on and obviously you've been thrown all around the country the last couple of weeks and it means so much that you've kind of taken, taken the time out of your schedule to speak to us. Um, our listeners are very grateful. We're very grateful and we can't wait to see you charge towards another another championship this, yes. this year. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Lots of fun. Thank you. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.